Hey Metalheads and Headbangers and Rockers, this is Doro Passion. I wish you a great new year and have a great time over Christmas. Rock on and keep metal alive and I hope I see you very soon. All the best to everybody. Hi, it's Don Dawkin and you're rocking on Iron City Rocks. want to wish everyone a happy new year and great holidays. And we hope to see you on tour soon. Hey, this is Al Petrari from the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. And you're with my buddy John over at Iron City Rocks. See you guys soon. Hey, this is John Oliva, and you are listening to Iron City Rocks. So crank it up, or I'll come in to get you. Hello and welcome to episode 399 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host John, coming to you from the Iron City of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, bringing you the best rock, hard rock, heavy metal, and blues talk on the net. Episode 399, time for our annual holiday special. We are joining us, uh, Joel Hoekstra of the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, so we'll talk with him in just a little bit. We're also joined by the organizers of an event going on over the holiday break. Uh, the organizers of Pittsburgh Plays McCartney will be along to talk to us about what that event is all about. First, we're going to uh, play a song from you from a guest we had on a few years ago, uh, Mr. Paul Nelson, the Paul Nelson Band. Uh, you can visit his website at paulnelsonband.com. This is a cover he has recently released of uh, the Freddie King classic, Christmas Tears. So we're going to play this song for you, and we'll talk to you in just a minute. I hear sleigh bells ringing.
Again, that was the Paul Nelson Band with the great Freddie King classic, Christmas Tears. We're going to turn our attention now to an interview we recently did with Joel Hoekstra. Joel's been on the show uh, several times. He's involved with White Snake, also plays guitar for Cher. Uh, at one point, was in Night Ranger, so we've had uh, Joel on many times over the years. He was kind enough to sit down and talk to us about the show they're going to be doing at the PPG Paints Arena on the 28th. Uh, they're doing a show at 3 o'clock and 8 o'clock. The Trans-Siberian Orchestra is. Uh, this year is going to be the Ghost of Christmas Eve. So let's play a little bit of a classic TSO, and then we'll get into that interview with Joel Hoekstra. My pleasure to welcome back to Iron City Rocks. We have from the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, White Snake and Cher. We have Joel Hoekstra on the line. How are you doing, Joel? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me on, dude. My pleasure. Um, can you talk a little bit about, um, as you, you get into this time of the year, um, you know, you, you you were obviously in town, God, it seems like yesterday, with White Snake and Foreigner mm-hmm. uh, doing that show. 
to kind of switch gears into the role, uh, you know, because in, in a way I think the you know, performers in the TSO are playing a bit of a role as well as the musical role. Um, I, how you kind of mentally get ready for that, um, you know, type of a show and the grind that that show must be. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, uh, you, you definitely work a lot on the music in advance. Mm-hmm. Everybody kind of comes into the first TSO rehearsal knowing everything. Right, <laughs> so right. it's, a, it's a tough band in that regard. It can be a little intimidating. Like sure. You come in and you're kind of, you're, you're not 110% on top of everything, like hitting the first rehearsal. You're almost, you're considered a slacker right out of the gate. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so it, there's a certain level that everybody likes to hit with TSO. Um, and that's that's been from the moment I joined, you could feel that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, hey, if, I think that's cool. I, it, anything that uh, is on a high level is something that I enjoy doing with music, playing with musicians that are driven and positive people. Right. That's that's the stuff that I dig. So uh, yeah, man, it it does it does require uh, extra pay, uh, extra attention to okay. being rested in your downtime. Right. Um, and that's even leading into it. You got to rest yourself mentally for like the storm of playing eight shows a week mm-hmm. on this tour is not that easy. And uh, having the sound checks and the open signing lines after every evening show. Uh, so many days you're you're basically working from 11 in the morning till 11 at night or even midnight. Right. Right. So it really kind of requires, all right, am I going to hang out now or am I just going to get right in my bunk and go to sleep? The answer right. is usually get right in your bunk and go to sleep on this tour, man. Otherwise you're going to fall apart like halfway through and you just be like, I'm so tired, I don't even know my own name. And yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's... It's stuff like that, but it's it's all labor of love for sure. You'll be signing somebody's autograph right in Red Beach because you can't remember who you are, where you're at. Um, oh, let's not go that. That's <laughs> Come how far how far back, like time frame wise. When did you start noodling around on the on the TSO tracks this year to to be ready for you know that rehearsal? I mean, you've done this now for for many years. So, or has some of this just become mm-hmm. muscle memory, or is this do you have to kind of, you know, okay, guys, I'm going to go woodshed the TSO stuff while you're on the bus with Whitesnake, or how do you... Well, yeah, it's been an interesting time period. Not not over the summer with Whitesnake, but I would say the last month. But mm-hmm. the, the hitch to that is that I just got back from that month was spent touring Australia with Cher. So I was playing... Yeah. Shows the share, and then in the downtime, running the TSO material, and then also Whitesnake has uh, a one-off that we're going to go do just right at the top of TSO rehearsals in Mexico. We're playing with Guns and Roses, so okay. I'm, I'm practicing the Whitesnake set too right now. So it's kind of like for a little bit there, I was playing the share set, the Whitesnake set, and the TSO material. So it's definitely that. Like, if for it's something with me that in my downtime, something like share, I'm I'm plenty rested, so I just try mm. and like stay productive, and make sure if it's a day off, like all right, but you're still gonna play your guitar five hours today. Like, yeah, you're not just gonna you know hang out and kill the whole day. Does this help you to stay this busy, you know, with these these kind of three different bands, so to speak? Um, you know, I know a lot of musicians will tell you, you know, when you're when you're touring, it can become so boring almost because you know you're doing that awesome thing for two hours a day and 22 hours a day you're 
bored out of your mind or you're stuck in a bus does this help you mentally to you know to always have something that's on the horizon that you've got to be kind of getting your chops ready for uh well i, I think it's like anything else it has a positive and it has a negative mm-hmm. uh but trying to always focus on the positive right right i mean I, I think having a few different things takes a lot of the fear factor out of like how delicate and fragile like gigs can be sure i mean like let's face it everybody in the classic rock scene is is not exactly 25 years old and it could all go away tomorrow (laughs) so you just don't know and the more options you have to make a living and the more opportunities the the more that can relax you about that kind of stuff and just go like well if that happens then i would just do this and so it, it gives you opportunities and uh I think in general, too, it it almost has to be your philosophy to uh, quote-unquote make it in music these days. And by make it, I mean make a living, not uh, buy a mansion and, like, multiple sports cars and all that and date supermodels. Uh, So, I mean, I I think just to get through the music business these days requires, like, a lot of hard work, in my personal opinion. Unless you're somebody who sold millions of records years ago and you can kind of rest on your laurel. Yeah, I mean, and that's one of the things that I've often found interesting kind of watching your career through Night Ranger and into the present, where you didn't come from, you know, you didn't kind of make your name in, in a, a 88 in some triple platinum band, but you've become really one of the most sought-after guitarists in the industry right now. Um, you know, when you look at the level of the shows you're doing, you're, you're basically talking about playing three different arena size shows at a time and then many you know the contemporary guys are playing three bars a week um is there any kind of formula to that or just right place right time right attitude uh, uh that's a tough one i mean like i i can only go off of what i've done which mm-hmm. i can tell you comes from just try, trying to be productive every day right um and always being cognizant of what you put out there comes back to you so try to treat people with respect so they respect me and uh, focus on the positives uh, of situations and scenarios you know it can mm-hmm. can weigh down a gig and weigh down your career if you're always complaining about what's wrong with a gig because right. there's there's always going to be something to bitch about let's face it in yeah. life yeah. I mean there there are people I know where if you gave them a million dollars they'd complain that it's not 2 million. I mean so it, it you you can't be that type of person I think and keep moving forward. I think people want to be around people that are inspiring or positive and that that's who I try to spend my time with too. Um and I thought gosh, I don't know, man. I'm I'm nobody to like to say this is exactly how you do it. I can only go right. off of what I've done. And right. that's that's always my thought process. Definitely the hard work. The hard mm-hmm. work thing is huge. Now, as far as, as a player, I and mean, we've known you in, in many situations, I know you, you came from, your, your parents were musicians as well, correct? Yeah, classical musicians, right. Is the TSO kind of the closest you've done professionally to, to maybe the kind of music that you grew up learning how to play or how of the three gigs you have kind of going on right now which one is probably closest to you know if you're just jamming music you wanted to play which one is probably the most you would you say uh I- well, that's hard, that's hard because TSO is, a, I think, a hybrid of things 
th- like three things that I have experience in. Mm-hmm. Grow- like the hard rock thing is what grabbed my heart as a kid, right. like and made me want to play. Here and seeing Angus Young specifically is like really what it was all about when I was mm-hmm. a kid. When I saw him and I went, "Wow, that's the coolest dude I've ever seen in my life. I want to be him." Right. So there's definitely that if you said like White Snake, right? Because right. White Snake is represent uh, representation of that, but also. Uh, I did grow up playing classical music as a young kid, and around, it was around in my household all the time. Studied classical guitar in college, mm-hmm. and then I did end up kind of getting my first professional breaks playing like rock theater stuff, like right. doing uh, Love Janice, which is about Janice Joplin, and uh, not only played 1,400 shows of that, um, and not only in New York, but uh, around the, the country, traveling with it. So. Uh, TSO is probably more accurately a hybrid of all those things, right. uh, of the classical thing, the theater thing, and just the straight-up rock thing that grabbed mm-hmm. my heart. So, yeah, definitely either Whitesnake or TSO. The share thing is out of left field and something that I would never have seen in a million years coming, mm-hmm. but it's also been a godsend and something that I'm really enjoying. And that there's a lot of those along uh, the description of my career, that have happened that people are like wait what and it that that's the stuff that kind of just happens through hard work and doing the best you can at every turn because i i just went into sub on share and and did the best i could and and it turns out she really likes what i do and uh it's turned into a little bit more of a full-time thing um obviously i'm still subbing it out this this uh november to be out with trans-siberian orchestra um but I gotta say, I, I love working with the musicians there. They're all super talented. She's been great, and uh, I don't really have anything negative to say about the experience. It's just I just never would have thought like I'd be doing that. But I tell people my path to where I got, and there's lots of those surprises, like the sure. fact that I at one time played for the Turtles, and people say, "Wait, what? The Turtles like happy together?" And I mean, that's like all part of my path, and that that. That again, when you say like, how did you do it? Well, it's just hard work and me taking everything and doing the best I can at all of it, and then seeing where life takes you. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what would be next in my life. I'm not even really looking for next. I'm just right. trying to do the best I can with everything I got. Yeah. I'm fully happy to have it all. And uh, but it's very important to me that I do the very best I can with everything, like that, including this upcoming Trans Siberian tour. I mean, sure. I I want to play the material the best I can and, and do the very best I can. So that that's it. Now, will you be touring with the the Western Contingency or the Eastern Contingency? East. East, okay. So, so I'll, see you in, I'll see you in Pittsburgh. Okay. Now, now um, with that, now, can you kind of talk about how you guys interact? Was Al with the Eastern tour this year? Al's the, Al's the music director for the West group, okay. so... It, it, very tightly, especially okay. nowadays. Like, we're trying to get the show... Uh, I mean, obviously, you're always going to have some level where the performers kind of make it their own a bit. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be some differences. Even if you try to make something exactly the same, there's still going to be some differences. Right. But we are trying to make the experience a little more... Um, I, I think I think just what's the term I'm looking for? I just consistent, similar, I guess. Yeah, consistent. That's a good one. Um, yeah, just from the East Coast to the West Coast show. I think we're we're trying to get everything at the same tempos and things like mm-hmm. that. Where in the past, maybe the West Band would play a song slower, faster than we would, or um, so we're trying to get everything to the point uh, <clears throat> where where the show is consistent for people. 
Yeah, absolutely. And so Al, I mean, Al's very important to the East Band, even though he's right. not touring with us. We rehearse with him for two and a half weeks and work on the music together, all of us. Right. So, um, I mean, and again, it, it, people I think often dismiss it as just a line, but it is one big band. It's like sure. we we are together for two and a half weeks, working on the music, and they might have oh, there there's the West Band and there's East Band, it's two different bands. Like, well, yes and no. I mean, uh, they yeah. they might have their own tour path, but we also have specifically put this show together uh, with everything in mind in terms mm-hmm. of what they're doing, we're doing, and so. Uh, we do, we do our very best to hit the ground running and give everybody the best mm. quality show we can. Now, in, in the 2017, obviously following the passing of Paul uh, O'Neill, um, did you guys really talk about it when you were on the road, or was it something that you kind of to to you know everyone knew it was the elephant in the room, what had happened, and just kind of press on and play the shows? How was that, you know, kind of on a personal level? Um. It definitely hard. I mean, we love Paul. Every mm-hmm. one of us. Every, I mean, I can speak for everybody because I know we all did. Mm-hmm. He was a, a unique, eccentric individual who was truly lovable and a total genius in terms of uh, pulling all the, all these elements together to uh, create a, a a hybrid that I think most people on paper would go, well, that'll never work. Like if you yeah. give the description of what TSO is, you'd say, well, that won't even sell like anything. But we're packing arenas two shows a day, so I mean it, it's it's unbelievable what he pulled off, and he was very special to all of us. Um, so I, I think to answer it specifically is kind of hard. Everybody had their own way of coping with Paul right. not being there. Um, honestly, I missed him mainly in rehearsals. That's where we'd mm-hmm. see Paul every day, and every decision was <clears throat> he was hands on and, and actively. Um, Involved with so once you begin the tour, the East Band, we would see Paul at maybe two or three of the days. Okay. So you didn't, you missed his spirit more than you missed physically. Uh, you missed his, yeah, right, exactly, yeah. his physical day to day interaction. But rehearsals, he, I mean, it was palpable for sure to have him not there. Now, um, with rehearsals coming up, um, do you, is there, someone else who's kind of taken that role or how does you know is it his family that kind of calls the shots when it comes to those kind of strategic decisions and, and you know I, you know from what i've heard paul was involved in really everything yeah um, so it stays the same except because paul had this great team of people in place mm-hmm. that everybody was doing all that and kind of presenting options to him it's right. just that now all those people kind of collectively have the final say so and not just right. Paul uh, um, having the veto power over it at all but I mean he's he's had a great management team Nightcastle management with Adam Lind and Kenny Kaplan in place for years with this and mm-hmm. they're the best at what they do and, and those guys we fully trust them to make all the great de- decisions right decisions Al Petrelli you mentioned and also Derek Whelan the uh, music director for the East do right. a great job of having everything in order musically they they were doing that it's not like paul was music directing tso mm. he right. was he was getting the music direction of al petrelli and derek Wieland even right. then so as i said it, it's just a little bit more of a complicated answer in terms of final decisions but right. um in terms of the way things run it was very similar 
very similar. Paul's family plays a larger role now, for sure, because right. they sort of fill that void where Paul was. Um, and his his daughter, specifically, who's just uh, like a chip off the old block. Like, mm-hmm. it's unbelievable. <laughs> so, I mean, it yeah. was kind of like having Paul there, uh, having her there, having Ireland in, in rehearsals last year. So... Um, in a lot of ways, that was really important for all of us, I think, because it made us feel like Paul was really there in spirit. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, he, he'll he'll always be missed. We're always going to miss. He was our friend, and uh, mm-hmm. but this was his dream to have it carry on, and we're going to do our very best for him for sure. Fantastic. Uh, now, do you get any kind of break after the holidays before you you go back out on the road with Cher? Am I correct? Early in the <laughs> yeah, I do indeed. Yeah, I, I get a, I get all of two weeks to unwind okay. from. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, which is fine. You know, it's a, I'll unwind from the TSO tour for two weeks at home, with, and uh, then Cher is starting an arena tour, uh, U.S. arena tour, early next year. And then, of course, Whitesnake is going to have a really busy next year. Uh, mm-hmm. We have an album coming out. And right. So <clears throat> that's going to be a lot next year. And then, of course, this will be there before I know it. It'll be coming yeah. around again. Yeah, really. I'm thinking as you're describing that, there's really no need for you to pay state income tax because you don't get to stay in any place long enough to you know to even call You'd it home. You, you would think so, but I've got to take that up with New York State because they get me on everything, don't they? Yeah, you'll be home long enough to do your laundry, change your guitar strings, and get back out on the bus. <laughs> exactly, man. All right, I, but again, it, it's, I'm blessed to have those opportunities and to be able to do that work. So it's all oh, good. Yeah. I definitely don't want to sound like I'm complaining. Oh no no it's it's uh you know I think there are a lot of musicians who would you know love to have the opportunity to you know to have that level of work you know year round it's you know a lot of musicians you know with the with the kind of collapse for lack of a better term of the record industry it, it's become a touring business you know yeah so a, absolutely a yeah. lot of a lot of folks uh, envious of of the situation you've got yourself in and it's it's obviously due to a great attitude so. Joel, I want to thank you so much. We will see you just a couple days after Christmas here in Pittsburgh and not long after with Cher. Awesome, man. Thanks so much, John. Totally appreciate it. Millions of fans agree. This is the holiday tradition that rocks. Trans-Siberian Orchestra, live and concert. The best of TSO and more. Presented by Hallmark Channel. Friday, December 28th, two shows, 3 and 8 p.m. at PPG Paints Arena. A dazzling multimedia production that has inspired a generation. Trans-Siberian Orchestra performs their greatest hits live. Friday, December 28th, two shows, 3 and 8 p.m. at PPG Paints Arena. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster.com, LiveNation.com, or the PPG Paints Arena box office. WQED-TV, Columbia Gas of Pennsylvania, and Live Nation present Trans-Siberian Orchestra's Ghosts of Christmas Eve. All right, again, a big thank you to Joel Hoekstra. You can get tickets for that uh, those two shows that they'll be doing at the PPG Paints Arena on December 28th. There's a 3 o'clock show and an 8 o'clock show. Uh, Ghosts of Christmas Eve, uh, always a fantastic show. We we say this every year. I think the TSO has been on almost uh, has been on this show almost every year since we started. Uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to them. They put on such an amazing performance. So check that out. 
We're going to turn our attention now uh, to another uh, set of shows, actually the uh, 28th and 29th. Uh, so one of these is the same night as the TSO. So you kind of got to decide what you want to do with your entertainment dollar on the 28th. But uh, it's called Pittsburgh Plays McCartney. Uh in 2018 there was a pittsburgh place petty show that was kind of a we get into this into the interview but uh, kind of a tribute a tip of the cap to, to tom petty uh done through um some unique combinations of pittsburgh musicians instead of just seven or eight bands getting together and just playing songs they did a little mix and match with the uh, musicians what i think is a fantastic uh really neat experiment so we're going to talk to the folks involved with um, that event, uh, we're going to be joined by Corey and Sean uh, here in just a moment to talk about that event. But let's play a little classic uh, Paul McCartney, but uh, not actually performed by Paul McCartney. See if you can figure out who sang this great version of Let It Be. Well, I find myself in times of trouble. Mother Mary comes to me Speaking words of wisdom Let it be And in my eyes of darkness She's standing right in front of me Speaking words of wisdom Let it be
Alright, ladies and gentlemen, my pleasure to welcome on the line. We have Corey Moreau and Sean Finn uh, joining us to speak about the Pittsburgh Plays McCartney show coming up on the 28th in Pittsburgh. So how are you doing today, guys? Good. Wonderful. Good. How are you doing, John? I'm doing very well. Um, let's talk a little bit about Pittsburgh Plays. And Corey, you are, are um, kind of a partner in, in this endeavor. Um, can you talk about, I know I, know, I don't want to, dwell on the Pittsburgh Plays Petty Show, but it was obviously a very big success, got a lot of press uh, locally. Um, can you talk about what spawned that idea? Uh, yeah, this is Corey here. Um, really, it kind of just spawned from uh, me and my partner, Josh Titus, who, who uh, kind of organized the show together. It honestly just came from, you know, we're always we're working together on a lot of other things, a lot of bands, other bands, and stuff, and we're always just chatting, kind of brainstorming, thinking of things we can do, <clears throat> and, uh, you know, Petty had come through Pittsburgh the last time uh, that he did, and I had seen him a couple times before, so I really wanted to go to that show, I think I had a show that night or something, wasn't able to make the show, um, Josh also didn't make the show, I don't think Josh has ever seen it. Um, and you know he passed away, and we were kind of bummed about that. And this this uh, idea of doing a tribute show um, that wasn't like your your typical tribute show uh, came came to life, and couldn't have been happier with you know how it all how it all panned out. Um, right. For anyone who doesn't know, what we do is kind of put these we get a bunch of people involved, and then we put them in bands that are. Uh, that they're not normally people they might not have ever played with. Um, so basically, just kind of of random, random selection bands uh, together, and uh, it was amazing how well it worked. Yeah, that is a really interesting concept, you know, because I think everyone's used to the the tribute albums. The um, you know, a lot of bands have done here's the songs that inspired us kind of albums in the last ten years or so, but to kind of shake it up like that in you know in mix and match musicians is a really neat thing sean as as a musician yourself can you talk about like what that experience is just getting thrust into working with other musicians yeah i i think um you know like like Corey said it was a it was a really neat experience um especially um you know kind of getting to uh you know know you know other musicians that you know probably I would have never have met before um, 
that you know aren't in the same scene you know um and um you know really kind of i guess reinforced to me the um you know that, that there's just so much talent um in Pittsburgh in the mm-hmm. Pittsburgh area um and um you know just getting to kind of know people and um you know play with people that may have you know come from different you know styles backgrounds and whatnot um and it really um was kind of surprisingly um you know went pretty smoothly um i don't i know i don't i can't speak for Corey, but you know everybody in the in the bands that i played with was it was pretty consistent we had a couple different people um throughout all the shows but um for the most part um you know it was pretty consistent you know we uh we kind of you know gelled pretty instantly which was kind of cool um yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, John. No, my apologies. The um, I know from you know experiences in working with local bands. Sometimes it's more of a competitive nature amongst bands. You know, you, you in the end of the day, you're fighting for the same audiences, the same gigs, yeah. the same clubs. Um, was it hard to kind of get past that and you know maybe sit down and okay, I'm going to have. Uh, you know, my fellow rhythm section member is going to be from a band that you know is kind of a rival of ours. You know, not not knowing in particular who your bass player was on any of those nights by all means, but um, was that did that factor into enter into your mind at all, or was it pretty much everybody just sort of embraced what the project was about? Yeah, I, I think for you know for me um, that I don't think that factored in at all. Um, you know, I some of the people in in the bands that I was was in, um, you know, I had kind of known, you know, better than others. Um, some I had never met in my life, and it, it was, um, I think, kind of it was it was it was really cool to you know everybody kind of seemed like they were all you know together in in um, working towards one goal, and I don't think any kind of uh, ego went into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think though that. Um, the, at least for me, uh, especially after the first show, um, I, I think, you know, we were, everybody was like, wow, you know, everybody's really, really, um, you know, taking this seriously and um, really putting their all into making this a super professional and good sounding um, event. And um, I think that, you know, that kind of, uh, I don't know, pushed me personally to really you know, going forward, um, um, you know, make sure that we were on par with the other acts. Sure. Um, to, to, um, you know, present this as a, as a really cohesive um, and professional um, performance. How was, you know, yeah, it, from you, go ahead, Corey. Oh, sorry, I was just saying, you know, from from my standpoint too, I saw a lot. I totally get what what. There's a great question, um, and I honestly made a little bit worried about like maybe put someone in a band together that might not mesh well or that kind of stuff kind of right. coming up um but yeah from my standpoint definitely didn't 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 see any of that at all i actually mostly saw the opposite i think a lot of people mm-hmm. saw it as an opportunity um to kind of meet a lot of people they didn't know and uh really do the networking thing and uh you know instead of <clears throat> maybe uh you know throwing threatened or anything uh maybe hey you know we can we can become friends with this band and, and do a show outside of Pittsburgh plays with them with, with our, you know, original bands. And I know there's actually one band for sure that actually is like 
been started from from one of the bands we put together in the Pittsburgh plays. Uh, they're called Pack. Uh, they're going to play oh, a show right, coming right. up soon. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, just uh, that ended up being the coolest part of the whole event for me. It was kind of just like the behind the scenes stuff, just everybody hanging out um, from different eras, from different genres, from different you know walks of life uh, in general in the Pittsburgh music scene. It was just mm-hmm. uh amazing vibe. And everyone just got along really well. And to kind of be part of like bringing that together it was definitely made me extremely proud. No, how yeah, did, it was great. It was it was very special for sure. How, as far as rehearsing for, for you know leading up to that first show, and obviously this one coming up at the end of the month, where you're going to be paying tribute to, to Paul McCartney. Um, do you guys know? pretty well in advance you know we're going to do these three songs um you know and you try to fit in time to to rehearse with these guys or you just say hey you know we're going to play these three songs there are two songs whatever and you know go learn the record and we'll just kind of give each other some visual clues on when to end it Uh, how do you yeah so that the the getting the rehearsal time is probably the most um because you know we're, we're putting just people in bands together that obviously there's going to be something right. going on there um, but really uh, so the basis of it is uh, I kind of come up with a so when we, we started we decide on, on who we're going to do and then from there um, I'll make a, um, and that will be revised a little bit we try to take into consideration if um, after you know we sent the set list out someone's like hey why isn't this song in there and blah blah um, so we try to try to make that work as much as possible um and yeah from there then we go out and you know we can try to confirm all the musicians and through that process it's also cool too because me and josh find out about a lot of musicians just from other musicians suggesting them or whatever right. um you know i found out about a lot of people i just didn't know existed in pittsburgh um so we go ahead and do that and then after we have everyone confirmed we kind of really try to sit down and think about you know uh, are these people going to mesh well together? Uh, are these songs on in this set best for this band? Um, and try to really curate that as much as possible to to make it the best show possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, kind of just uh, the email chains start and you know, figure out, you know, there's a mesh. Uh, but luckily, we've had. Uh, that's getting enough rehearsals for everyone. Sean, um, so can you kind of walk us through um, from your experience what you know, like some of those rehearsals are like? I mean, because this is—I don't think a lot of people who maybe aren't in a band—it's kind of like being in a, in a romantic relationship in some respects. You know, you're—you're—you you're, <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah. know, this is kind of like to me almost sounds like speed dating with you know guitars and drums. Um, yeah. You know when you know you're, you're assigned a song and you know four or five other people you know you know can you walk me through maybe what that first practice is like you know or, or you know is it yeah. awkward is um, it just let's get to work? Um, so I, I would say you know that this this time around um, with the McCartney um, band that I'm in. Um, I, I'm, I'm lucky enough to have, you know, played or currently play with some of the people in the in the band. Mm-hmm. Um, so that makes it a le- easier because I think, you know, the the hardest, without a doubt, um, uh, part about it is trying to coordinate rehearsals right. um, between, you know, people that 
um, you know, obviously are in, you know, one or multiple other bands um, that work full time that don't even live in the Pittsburgh area, um, which has been, you know, slightly challenging. But uh, you know, everybody's a, um, you know, really wants to do it. So it's, uh, you know, we've we've made it work. Um, I think that um, the 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 nice thing in my experience with both the Petty and and this uh, McCartney show is that everybody that um, you know I'm personally playing with is is a is a just a consummate professional and um, you know it's been relatively easy to you know expect them to come in you know fairly prepared um, initially um, you know and then you know really kind of hashing it out um, during the rehearsals to to kind of make it our own um, I think that um, uh, from the uh, I think from the the guitar, I think the guitars are probably the the most um, you know trying to get okay what what parts are you playing you know like right. that kind of stuff together just kind of separated um, between the the, the guitars um, you know from the rhythm section it's pretty cut and dry right. um, you know bass drums um, and then keys um, you know Bill who's playing with us is just a fantastic musician so it was pretty easy to have him come in and you know he knew his parts um i think um what we were really um you know emphasizing um with with this is um getting the you know the, like the vocal harmonies down sure. and um uh, just making it really lush as far as that goes and and then also um you know this time around we're incorporating um you know we have beauty slap um, it's a horn section and uh, mm. cello fury with the uh, with the string, so that's going to be a um, you know that's an interesting little addition to this uh, performance sure. that we still haven't you know necessarily um, locked in just yet. So that that'll be uh, it's not often that you know you get to play with a horn section or, or string. So yeah, um, it'll be it'll be fun. How much of the songs? Um when you're looking at you know obviously especially with McCartney these songs are you know kind of the soundtrack to many many people's lives um, mm -hmm. do you work on changing the arrangements from the original or do you just kind of use that as jumping off point and you know let your individual musicians kind of make it their own how much leeway I guess some of it's got to be an issue of time um, you know how much time yeah, do you so have to do that kind of when we, you know, when we reach out to, kind of like tell them, you know, uh, it's, it's kind of up to the band. Uh, but I need to know that everyone in that band is 100% in agreement with changing, you know, whatever it be, structure, key, or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, just because of the, the time uh, aspect uh, and learning it at home, uh, just the same structure and key that I know is recording is best. Um, but that's um, we're not trying to, if people want to get get creative and do their own thing and the whole band is in, is in the green with that and they have the time to do that I'm all, all about that uh, really at the end of the day just want people to have uh, as good a time as possible doing it and um, you know it could be to be the best show um, so I definitely hope to see some of some of that I know last uh, you know for the petty shows a couple bands definitely put their own spin on something or change the structure up or added a little bit or something um uh, so it's always exciting to see what what the bands are are going to do, even from you know Maya and Josh's standpoint of uh, <clears throat> not really knowing 
what the whole show is going to be, and we got to get to see that. We do uh, like a rehearsal the day before, um, and that's really fun to just sit there all night and and, and see that. All the bands do the thing, uh, and that's that's always cool. And like Sean said too, adding the the horns and, and strings is really exciting uh, for this year. Really, about that it's definitely a step up from the petty shows as far as uh, mm-hmm. right. the challenge. Um, so. We'll see how that all turns out, but really, really. How much lobbying goes on for songs, or is it, um, Corey, when you send it out, you know, here is the song you guys are doing, or these songs you're going to be doing, no, I don't want to argue about it, no, you can't do Paperback Rider. How much, you know, <laughs> politicking goes on there? Uh, so, honestly, thankfully, not not that much. Um Everyone's been pretty much fully kind of understand uh, how many people are involved and, and how much goes into it. Um, so I think everyone's trying to add any more <laughs> onto our plate than we already have, thankfully. Uh, so, you know, I really try, like I said, the Sellers band has at least one or two of those huge songs that, like, anyone would want that song, you know? Right. Um, so and and I try to kind of put songs with people I think that like their at least their musical endeavors kind of lean towards. Right. Yeah, I mean that's, that's... But yeah, everyone has been super cool. I've no one like, you know, I wanna be saying, I don't wanna do this song or I wanna do this song, um so that's been really I'm really happy for that too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I turn into uh, a UNES. Yeah, I mean you're you're dealing with uh, I mean people who i mean and this is kind of a broad brush but i mean musicians can be somewhat divas um you know so you can see somebody <laughs> kind of saying if, if i'm not doing hey jude i'm not doing anything um yeah, but, yeah exactly so, so you guys are doing two shows the 28th and 29th at the uh, mr smalls theater in um pittsburgh um Correct. tickets i know are available at Ticketmaster. um do you have plans beyond McCartney, or is it um, you're just kind of doing this one project at a time? Um, is there a yeah, you know, P- mean, Pittsburgh place Motorhead in the future? Yeah, so, <laughs> you know, originally when this all started, our plan was to do one Pittsburgh place petty show, um, um, and here we are. So <laughs> I can tell you that, like, you know, this is, um, we're just planning on doing these, these two shows, and that might be it, but chances are we always just kind of it become it's become such a cool thing um i think that people want to see and look forward to um yeah. so i definitely don't, don't don't see us uh not doing pittsburgh place stuff in the future that's uh something we like these these two shows or maybe we do something different i don't know but uh yeah i have a great time doing it i think that it uh does help play a part within the, the music scene now of just um, getting people in rooms with people they might not have gotten a room with, um, right. talking to people, and just uh, kind of, uh, I mean, it's at, at the end of the day, it's kind of like just a uh, a banquet of, uh, you know, Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah I think people would really meet and chat. Yeah, one of the things that, that to me I think was, it was very fascinating about this idea is, is that there are people that unfortunately are reluctant to go see live music if they're not familiar with a band um, and that's always been a challenge yeah. in, with with unsigned bands and, and local bands not just in Pittsburgh but around the globe I mean we get we hear the same thing from bands in you know Austin Texas who you know people don't want to come and see them because they don't know the hit or a song 
you're taking a group of right. musicians who are doing songs that everyone knows, getting them, you know, people who, you know, might, hey, I love Paul McCartney, I want to go see, you know, the show is, you know, it's, I don't have anything going on on the 28th, you know, don't have to go to work the next morning. I'll go out and check that out. Come into a room and see a bunch of extremely talented musicians doing, you know, world-class level entertainment, you know. It's a great opportunity to get people, you know, to come down the road. Hey, that guy who sang on that song, I want to see what else this guy does. I I just say that, too. We definitely, at the shows, we really try to put a heavy focus on that, that this is, you know, this is, we are paying tribute to a musician you, everyone out there loves. You're enjoying the show a lot. Um, But keep in mind, the reason you're enjoying the show so much is because all these musicians are, are playing these songs, and they're all in other bands that play around Pittsburgh every single weekend. Um, right. So we try to talk about that at the shows. We also, um, you know, we, we pass out and print out um, programs that are going to tell you who is in each band, who's singing each song, and, and what band they're in. Right. Um, so that, you know, it's a little more accessible when people go home to get on the Internet and they say, hey, you know, I really love the, the way, you know, that one guy sang that song. Let's look his band up. Um, yeah. So, so try to make that pretty accessible too. Yeah, I mean it's it's a really nice thing. I remember many many years ago, you know, DVE used to put out those kind of like compilation CDs or even I remember God, this seems like a million years ago, going to see Billy Squire at the Syria Mosque. It was a DVE show and it was a charity jam they did for I don't even remember what the charity was sadly, but there were a lot of local bands on the on the bill that night and I remember going to that show. And sitting up in Peanut Heaven because I just wanted to see Billy Squire because I knew all his songs, and seeing this band yeah. come on, I'm like, these guys sound like the Replacements, and that ended up being the Clarks. <laughs> and there's your introduction, right. you know. I mean, some things that yeah. you, you know, you, you sometimes you need that little push to get somebody in the door to check out and realize that there's talent. Um, you know, it's just uh, it's it's a wonderful thing. Yeah, absolutely. So, I want to thank you guys so much again. Friday, December twenty eighth, oh. Saturday, December twenty or December twenty ninth. Tickets available. Ticketmaster, the shows of Mr. Smalls. Um, guys, it's been a lot of fun, and I wish you all the best with this. Well, thank you very Thanks much for having, Thanks for having us on, man. Yep. All right, thank you to Corey and Sean again. Pittsburgh plays McCartney December 28th, 29th at Mr. Smalls. And for those of you wondering, uh, as we led into the interview, that was Joe Cocker singing Let It Be. A uh, really interesting version of that song that I found on my hard drive. Thought I'd throw that in there for your entertainment. Uh, you can visit us at ironcityrocks.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube are all forward slash Iron City Rocks, so if you want to check that out. Also invite you, it's this time of year where we do the Iron City Rocks Pittsburgh Music Awards. The nominations are open until December 26th. Uh, just to, again to explain what it is just briefly. You go on, you nominate the musicians and the bands that you feel are worthy. Uh, they are not picked by Iron City Rocks. They are completely up to fan voting. The top um, vote-getters in the nomination process will become the finalists. We will do the finals voting in the new year uh, in January. So if you're a musician or in a band or know somebody in a band or just happen to love a particular band, head over to ironcityrocks.com. The ballot is available now to submit your nomination. So we invite you to do so. You can also reach us at ironcityrocks at gmail.com. Uh, let us know what you like about the show, things uh, you might like to see in 2019. This is our 399th episode. Uh, we have just completed our 10th year. Uh, we'll be celebrating, I guess, a birthday in very early in January with our 400th episode and our 10th uh, birthday. So we invite you to check us out in the new year and see what we've got cooked up for you. So 
Till next time, we, as always, we thank you for listening. <laughs>